Welcome to All Some Pimentos Podcast. Uh, I'm talking with Theo. Yo. And what's going on? What's going on, buddy? Um, So I met you probably 1998 at uh, at, uh, the Alternative, which is a head shop tattoo slash piercing shop. Yeah. And you're tattooing there. I was at the time, yeah. Yeah. And I remember uh, I was used to bust your chops about AFI, right? All the time. You you, you fucking that? yeah, I do, man. I <laughs> that's hilarious, actually. That was kind of how we sort of started talking. At yeah, I I, I, was like I, a I AFI song in the Tony Hawk game at the time, and uh, I saw you with a shirt on, and and I said something about their female singer, and you were like, "It's a guy." <laughs> yeah, I was all busted up about it. Um, it's too bad because uh, they um. They uh, they want to be Depeche Mode right now, which is kind of shitty. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's all wow. their other new stuff is, yeah, it's complete garbage. Um, yeah, man. So you uh, you played in a bunch of bands, uh, Grift, right? Yeah, Grift, definitely one of them. Yeah, and you played uh, with uh, Gerg in that one. Yeah, um, started with uh, Gerg actually in a band called Wiggas, which kind of sort of broke up and then. Grift kind of rose from the ashes of that. So yeah. It was almost the exact same band. It was just a different bass player, basically. Right. And then we went a little, I guess, a different direction with the music as well. Yeah. Yeah, man. But uh, uh, yeah, Grift, I, that's some of the best memories of my life. Yeah, you're uh, Brampton, uh, Brampton OG for life, huh? Yeah, yeah, I don't live there anymore and haven't in, uh, I mean, I moved to Orangeville in 98 and was there for five short but glorious years and then uh, moved to Orangeville in 2003 and I've been here since, but. Oh, I thought you were still in Brampton for some reason. No, no. You know, when I, when I was in Orangeville, I liked, I, like, I loved it up there, but it was just almost a little too north for me and I always wanted to be a bit closer back to the city and. At that time, I thought I would go back to Brampton and uh, ended up coming to Georgetown because Shane opened a second alternative here, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why I ended up moving down the tattoo at this location and then uh, um, just ended up staying here. And, uh, you know, and now in retrospect, it's like I'm kind of glad I didn't move back to Brampton because I don't think I'd want to live in Brampton now. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's grown into um, a bigger city than what it was. How is that to say? That's to say the least. And I mean, it's still in my heart and it always will be, but, you know, and I kind of make visits once in a while. I still have friends there and stuff, but yeah. I couldn't see myself living there again, I don't think. So you're in Orangeville again? No, Georgetown. Oh, Georgetown. Yeah, right on. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's not too far from me, actually, because we're in Fergus. Right, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Actually, one of my uh, clients at my uh, where I work was in today. He's got a gig coming up in Fergus. Oh, whereabouts? Uh man, I couldn't tell you. I think he said the name of the place too, but I can't remember. What? What is? So what are you doing right now? Are you doing? Um... I'm uh, actually work for a stained glass uh, wholesale company. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting just being around uh, different artists all the time and yeah, for sure. Seeing what everybody's doing is always inspiring. Yeah, and then um, you got uh, other stuff going on too. Like you've been into hip hop for how long? Oh, man, uh, since I was probably 10 years old, maybe. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I was kind of there when it sort of 
started becoming, you know, I think it was going on in New York a couple of years before we realized it up here in Canada, what was happening there. But, you know, when the breakdancing explosion was, I think, around 83, and that's kind of when I sort of became aware of it. And, uh, you know, I heard Grandmaster Flash and, and stuff like that and started getting into Run DMC and, and it was just weird because I was like always a heavy metal kid, right? And uh, yeah, for sure. So people just always found it strange that I was like so drawn into this. And at that time, like back in those days, not really many white dudes were fucking with that, right? So yeah, well, that's the thing too. I, yeah, I took a lot of heat from a lot of my friends for years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then and then one day all of a sudden they just got it. You know what I mean? All of a yeah. sudden they understood hip hop and loved it. You know. And then it's like, yeah, and all those years you broke my balls, right? For <laughs> for for like, and all that's the thing too. I, I think and, it goes and, in... and just even getting into rapping, right? Like I started doing that when I was a teenager, so it's kind of been a, a almost a lifelong love affair now at this point you know well your album discography is fucking huge yeah i got uh done quite a bit of stuff <laughs> like i'm counting one two three four oh, are you looking on the bank camp? yeah i'm on bank camp right now right. because yeah, like yeah. i was going to mention a few albums but yeah, I, yeah was... I think there's like 40 things on there now, though. Mind you, some of them are like little mixtapes I did and, and projects with other people and uh, collaborations and compilations. But I think actual Cabal albums or Cabal releases is, uh, I don't know, maybe half of those now. I think Probably. so. I think right yeah, half. Close to it. Yeah. yeah, man, because you did stuff with rotten utensils. Yeah, so that would have been when I was still in Orangeville. Yeah, um, so that that included uh, Corey, didn't it? Yes, and that was kind of the beginning of, uh, you know, right around that time we were, you know, Grift had just uh, done, I think, our sixth record, which Greg had just started the studio in his basement at the time. So that last album we did was, you know, record kind of him starting his home studio and uh was all recorded there and then after then you know he just kind of ran with the ball with recording i was getting starting to tattoo at the time you know we all kind of had our we were growing up and had our, our jobs to attend to right so um we stopped uh, doing grift and then you know i just about a year went by it's like had that musical itch still you know yeah because I hadn't done anything, I think when it's in your blood like that, it just never goes away. So um, ended up getting a computer there, and a friend Knuckles that uh, Gerd worked with, and he engineered a lot of our stuff, grip stuff. He uh, given us some software at the time, right, for doing beats and stuff on the computer, and just started messing around with that, and that was kind of where Rotten Utensils was born from. Everybody uh, hanging out at my place at the time. Corey ended up living with me there at that time as well, right? Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. He was, uh, ended up unfortunately homeless, so I took him in, and the rest was history, but that was a really fun time doing that stuff. Yeah, man. No, all the Rotten Utensil stuff is fucking killer. And, um, you have a new album coming out, too. Well, what I wanted, yeah, Cabal, man, like, I think you have eight albums on there. Yeah. I'm counting, yeah. One, two, three, to, yeah. And fuck, I, know, like six I have of, a few that are fucking nuts. And 
I started doing the Cabal stuff. Um, you know, it actually became a concept around the time I moved to um, Georgetown, which was 2002-ish, 2003, and I didn't have anything to do music with. I didn't have a computer or nothing, you know, because the stuff up in Orangeville actually wasn't mine. It was uh, Virgil McInnes's, but he used to keep it at my crib, right? Yeah, we're... Everybody would just come by and do their shit. That's but, a name uh, I haven't heard in a while, Virgil. Yeah, good old Verge, man. Show the Verge. So yeah, so you had it here. So he had all the stuff at uh, your place. Yeah. So uh, when I started, uh, when I moved to Georgetown, um, you know, I had this this concept of, of starting this Cabal project. Uh, just really a new alias, I guess, but doing solo rap stuff. And uh, you know, I just wrote like I was just writing for a couple of years, you know what I mean? Because I didn't have anything to do anything with, right? Yeah. So um, once I got the computer rolling in that, that was it, you know, it just kind of went nuts and tried to do something at least once a year from that point forward. Oh, fuck, that's what it looks like. And there was definitely times where I go a couple of years without putting anything out, but then there's some years where I had like three or four different things come out, right? So Yeah, so where did the name Cabal come from? Uh, so that actually came from uh, a book called Cabal, <laughs> Okay. which is a Clyde Barker book, and uh, it's spelled with a C, though. I decided to spell it with a K just because of my name being Kevin, right? Word. And, uh, of course, kind of ended up being a mistake because people are always like, oh, Cabal, Mortal Kombat, right? Yeah, see, that's where no. I was going with it, too, man. <laughs> no, and, and, I, and I am a Mortal Kombat fan. Everybody oh, yeah, you're a big horror nerd, too, I'm right? A, I'm a video game freak, and so, and I do love that, that character. He's a sick character, but... um. Yeah, so it was spawned from this book, actually, which is a book for, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Nightbreed. Yeah. It's a horror movie. Yeah, so The Ball is basically the book of Nightbreed. And uh, at the time when I first started doing um, solo stuff, I was using this name, Euronymous, which was actually a misspelling of uh, Yuri Nomos, which is was like some type of... Uh, a satanic, uh, it was something in like Anton LaVey's corny satanic Bible I'd read, uh, read when I was like 14 or something. Yeah. And it was translated as like the Greek prince of death, right? And my background is Greek, right? So yeah. I always kind of had that name kicking around to you. So when I first started using it and, uh, and started you know, getting some stuff out. I basically had take, taken a couple solo songs I'd done when I was in Orangeville, branded it with this Euronymous, and started putting stuff online, and then all of a sudden started receiving all this hate and backlash because of uh, the guy Euronymous from the band Mayhem, infamous black metal band, and uh, he was killed by his own band member or whatever, right? Yeah, I know that story. Right, so of course everybody was like thought I was biting his name essentially, and what? it was kind of funny because at the time I had no idea who may have. <laughs> and being a metalhead, it's like almost embarrassing to admit that. But I just never really fucked with that shit growing up, right? I was more into like thrash and hardcore punk and stuff. But uh, so I was like, all right, I need a new name here. You know what I mean? 
And uh, at the time, I was tattooing at the Native here in, in Georgetown, and this little bookstore opened up beside us, so I was going buying books, and uh, she had a couple Clyde Barker books that I was looking for. And I mentioned it, and uh, the lady running the place was like, oh, I'll see if I can get some more, you know? And then she ended up getting the Cabal book in, and I was just, like, thrilled because Nightbreeds was, like, really a uh, longtime favorite film of mine. Um I remember coming home one night when I was like a teenager living at my mom and dad's and, you know, I was on a sick one, right? Like partying or whatever that night and, uh, came home and that movie was just happened to be starting on like one of our movie channels and I had no idea what it was. And I sat and watched it and I was just, you know, by the time the movie was done, I was, I, uh, I was like, I just wanted to die and go to Midian. That's all I wanted. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Like the main character <clears throat> in the story, and uh, just was something I really identified with. So, uh, you know, reading this book and just kind of reconnecting with those memories and stuff at the time, it was like, yeah, I think this is the name I'm gonna gonna roll with, and that's sort of the origin of Cabal, really. You know, yeah, that really is, yeah. No, um, and also too, you guys, uh, you did a lot of stuff with uh, like the new Street Trash in 3D. Yeah, yeah. Corey. That's a that's a good one too. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, um, Corey's always fun to work with, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that guy. But it um, has he always? Oh yeah, he's um, he's been on all the street trash as well too, right? Yeah, all the street trash was me and Corey, and then uh, Corey's on rotten utensils as well. Yeah. Um, also, me and Corey did a little uh, EP called Dons of the Dead way way back. Yeah, when I was in Orange, oh, that's on the band camp as well. Yeah, that one's me and Corey. Um, so, what do you think of uh, band camp? Like, do you like? Do, do you still use Spotify at all, or no? Or I mean, I have my stuff on Spotify, but I won't be adding anything new. Just yeah, whatever is up there is what will be there, and that's it. But I've been using Bandcamp since day one. Um, I've never had a problem with it. I have heard people complaining about the app version of it or whatever. Yeah, that's me. But, uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, but I always use it on, I've always, well, I started off using it on, on desktop and laptop computers, right? And, yeah. uh, even when I started using it on my iPad, it actually has a switch to desktop option at the very bottom right corner. If you oh, no way. Oh, okay. Screen, so, yeah. Cool, cool. So that actually makes it look the way it should be and it operates better that way as well. So uh, what's, um, what are your big influences in hip hop? Like. Give me, I don't want to say top three, but oh man, yeah. Like, what have you been listening to? Other, <laughs> like, what have, what have you been recently listening to? That's actually a better way to say it. Well, I'm still uh, kind of stubborn in that sense where I don't listen to much new new music. You know yeah. what I mean? But uh, Cage was definitely one of the newer artists I got into, and I mean that's me going back to like 2003. You know, being a dude that listened to mostly 80s and 90s hip hop and, well, and the best hip hop and being like, oh, here's a new rapper I like in 2003, Cage. You know what I mean? And yeah. Now, 20 years later, I'm still uh, really a big fan of him and all, all of his body of work. So he's up there for me for sure. Um, you know, the Beastie Boys were definitely instrumental in me as a kid in like grade eight going oh shit you know I, I love this music for a few types of years but yo look these white dudes are doing it you know i can yeah. do this stuff <laughs> you know, yeah yeah for sure dude sort of eye-opening thing not that they're like amazing 
lyricists or anything, but you know, they're well, I would obviously, and they've done so much cool stuff over the years, right? I think I would put them in maybe my top ten. I don't think I put them oh, in yeah, my top yeah. five they're, at all. I definitely put them in my top ten, like bands that were like important in, mm-hmm. in molding me. You know what I mean? Yeah. As far as hip hop goes, um, but yeah, when it was first coming up, it was it was for me. It was mainly just like. Run DMC, Beastie Boys, LL Cool J, Public Enemy, kind of everything on Def Jam. Um, a really big one, though, for me was Schooly D. It's kind of a, a slept-on legend that not many people have heard of. Oh, and, word, uh, really? He's someone, yeah, Schooly D. I'll check him out. Listening to from, uh, from day one. And he's somebody that I've shown to a lot of people over the years growing up and stuff, too, right, that I've never heard of him. And, but yeah, Schooly D. That's crazy. And like, do you still listen to a lot of metal too, or no, or no, or? Um, yeah, I'm always like, I pretty much just put everything that I have on on shuffle whenever I have music on. You know. What yeah, I mean? word. So it's uh, whatever's in there. I was actually listening to the new Five Knuckle Chuckle thing oh, there, that Greg there you recorded go. lately. Yeah, that's pretty fun. That was a good show, eh? Yeah, the show was great. Too. That was a blast from I'd the never, past. I'd never seen them play either, so it was pretty. Oh, happy really? To see the very last show, yeah, because you know I never knew Corey until I moved to Orangeville. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was sort of you know Five Knuckle was kind of done at that time, right? Him yeah, they're always hardcore sounds. The mm. record store opened and yeah, um, yeah, just never, never. Got so to your play. style too of hip hop too, and uh, don't quote me on this. I'm going to call it horror rap, if you will. <laughs> I guess some of it could be here and there. Because uh, your love for horror movies is written all over the covers of the album. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I have a couple of them that are just dedicated to, to being horror movie related, nothing else. But generally, everything's kind of a theme and a vibe in its own Um and it's definitely hard to put a label on because I think, you know, just growing up the way I did, listening to the stuff I did, it's a pretty different twist, right? Yeah. Um, I remember calling it like new school, old school at one point or like, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, alternative rap. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, for sure. What do you really label it, right? It's well, like that's it's, the thing too. Is like even like hip hop now, like I'm all over the place. Like, um, I think hip hop right now, like the newer stuff. I'm not really. I I can't really sit there and say that because you know there's a guy called Pusher T. I'm into. Uh-huh. Um, but I can't really get into the newer stuff. Like, um, like Run the Jewels is good as always. Like their Killer Mike's always good. But I always yeah. I always find the mumble rap. I don't I don't understand the. Oh yeah. I don't get it. I'm not into it at all. No, I just don't get it. Like, there's... Much. I just, but yeah, like, for myself, I'm kind of all over musically, you know? And I think a lot of times my albums sort of reflect stuff that I'm listening to at that point. In my oh, 110%. Life, you know? And you do all the art for them, too, right? Uh, for the majority, yeah. I actually commissioned uh, commissioned a couple of people. I had Matt Daly do a cover for me. He did a couple of Grift album covers back in the day. The yeah. singer Demon Bar, uh, really cool artist. And uh, recently, I actually commissioned uh, Jeff Gaylor to do the cover for my new album that's coming out. And uh, he's been one of my favorite artists since I was like 14. Oh, no way. 
Uh, he's done a lot. Yeah, he's got a very impressive body of work as well. You know, work with bands like The Accused and uh, he's done stuff for The Misfits, Gigi Allen, like just all kinds of people over the Fuck, years. Fuck, there's some know. names, yeah. And uh, one of my favorite artists ever and, and was also influential on my own art style, you know, coming up as a kid. So it's kind of a dream come true to, to have an album cover done by him. Right. Well, that's pretty... Uh, so uh, when's the new Elmo coming? Um, I'm, up, I'm pushing for before this year ends, at least. That's my goal right now that I'm hoping to achieve here. I was trying to get it done by the summer, but... Everyone? Still, uh, I still had a lot of stuff to work on and not enough time, so it's like... Try, I'm going to aim for the end of the year. But uh, yeah. it's, it's been an interesting one because it's... Uh, this time around, like back when COVID first started, everybody was home and, and doing stuff, right? And uh, I had this idea to reach out to people and just get them to start sending me recordings of them playing whatever their instrument was that they play, right? You know, send yeah. me a couple beats, send me a couple riffs, and just ended up with all this stuff people sent me and then started trying to make songs out of it when none of these people have heard what anybody else played, you know what I mean? Right. And that's been a lengthy process putting it together. So it's definitely got more of like a rockish, you know. So it's all recorded live, with uh, live instruments. Yeah, used? nothing digital at all. No sample. I mean, there's a couple samples from like movies and shit like that, like audio, you know, voice samples and stuff. But yeah. all the music is all live playing. Yeah, live instrumentation, basically. Uh, me taking everybody's things and, and making arrangements out of them and building songs out of it so it's been a process i started uh i think it was like early 2021 when i first started the idea yeah so going on like you know a couple of years now of working on this so just well it's to, you know to, you still gotta do the do right yeah, and just uh, over COVID, I don't know, I found myself very uninspired a lot. It was just a pretty rough time. I wasn't uh, feeling creative at all. And yeah. I was definitely in some slumps here and there, you know? Oh, for sure. Like, it took, so, a, it took a toll on everyone, but... Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think we're better people now, if you will, maybe. I don't know. From yeah, a, for sure. I think more people are more aware of science, if you will. Mm-hmm. But... I don't want to get on that topic, but no, really. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, at this point now. I'm ready to get this thing wrapped up and and out. And uh, you know, so are you going to be doing any physical copy. copies of it? Or yeah, actually, which is something I've never done. Uh, I remember when I was working on my very first Cabal album. Actually, you know, I wanted to get CDs made at the time, and uh, never ended up doing it. And then in the blink of an eye, it was like. The, the whole digital explosion kind of happened. And That's nuts, huh? People didn't care about physical, so I just never got anything pressed, you know what I mean? And now, uh, but now with like having uh, Gaylor do the art and stuff, it's like, and just even having all these all these friends together on it, seems like it would be uh, it's an important piece to, to get some physicals made, you know what I mean? Are you going to be doing any shows uh, or? Definitely get some CDs. I mean, I never go out of my way looking to play, but, uh, if offers come up, I don't turn them down either. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's going to be done by the end of the year. So that's the goal. Yeah, I got everything's done. Like musically now, everything's pretty much done. I got a, a couple more songs to record vocals for, and and you know, a little bit of mixing and loosen 
uh, tightening up some loose ends and whatnot. So you do that yourself? You do all the mixing yourself? Yeah, yeah. And the production too, or no? Yeah, yeah. So what uh, what tool do you use on your laptop? Um, I got a few different things I use. Um, I'm pretty. Uh, I was used, I started using Acid Pro back whenever we first started doing that rotten utensil stuff. And uh, it's a program I still use to this day. Um, I dabbled around with a few other things, like uh, a lot of my friends now are using Reaper. And uh, how's that? It's you know they have nothing but great things to say about it. I'm still like, completely a noob to it, but um, it seems pretty amazing from what I can tell, and uh, just from what I hear about it. You know what I mean? So my whole thing is I've just you know, been using uh, Acid Pro for so long. Well, what and, works for you uh, works for you, right? Yeah, it's, you know, and the whole, like, don't fix what's not broken kind of concept. Exactly. And even uh, halfway through the, this album I'm working on now, actually, I was having issues with my software and it wasn't working. And uh, one of my Xbox homeboys, shout out to Danny Shakes. Um, Word. He gave me, uh, he gave me his uh, MixCraft, a program called MixCraft. And uh, it's pretty similar to uh, to Acid Pro in a sense, pretty user friendly. So I was using that for a bit, but at the same time, it was like, you know, it was kind of overwhelming to like I can't finish an album halfway through that was done on something else. You know what I mean? So I ended up getting my uh, my Acid Pro back up and running to finish this off, but moving forward after this one you know i'll probably dabble in this mix craft some more start dabbling in reaper some more uh i still use reason a little bit once in a while here and there it's an old school uh, program for making beats and and synth lines and stuff like that right on and, uh, yeah yeah sorry and uh, of course uh with acid pro is uh, the it's sister or brother program if you will sound forge where you know you just pull your waves in there and do all of your all your fancy bells and whistles. That's cool. Stuff, right? So, uh, so what do you? Pretty much all I've been using all these years was that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So when North of Hell came out, that was uh, that took how long did that take to come out? Uh, that one I think I worked on maybe about two years. Yeah, it's a killer fucking album too. I want to say yeah, that was actually a really fun one. That was my last uh, full length before this one, so yeah, it's, that was 2019. So yeah. <laughs> we're coming up on. Uh, now, of course, I put Street Trash out since then, and uh, Malice Project with Donny G, and yeah, Lord knows what else. I'm always you're always doing something, man. And, yeah, and I enjoy working with other people as well here and there. Well, your flow is fucking killer, so. Thank you, man. Appreciate no worries, that. dude. What uh, what Xbox games are you playing right now? Um, lately, I haven't really been gaming a whole lot, to be honest. Um, I'm on there more so for the social aspect now. I think hanging yeah. out in the party, shooting the shit with the boys. You know yeah. what I mean? With the headsets on, but uh, still, still GTA for life, of course. Yeah. And, um, I still play Left 4 Dead too. That's a great it's game, actually. A pretty old game now. No, um, it's it's still good though. We took around with the Fortnite as well. Yeah, I never got into Fortnite. Um, I yeah, tried yeah, to. Yeah, I did because of my kid, right? And then yeah, 
you know, and again, a lot of my Xbox buddies, it was almost like busting balls, like, oh, why are you playing this kid's game, you know, and then eventually they start playing it, and they're like, oh, yeah. why you played this game now. It's like, yeah. What am I playing right now? Uh, I got a Switch right now, so I'm playing a new Mario uh, Wonder. Okay. Which is pretty fun. Um, yeah. And then I'm playing that. Then um, I'm playing, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the new Zelda. Uh, not Breath of the Wild, what's it called? Um, the one that came sure. out last year. And then okay. uh, on my Xbox, I'm playing uh, uh, NHL 24, because I always play it every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same fucking game. But I don't know why I keep buying it. It's the same yeah, game yeah, from five years ago, too, but... Really? I think it's just like nostalgia for me from when I was a kid. Yeah, I feel it. And then yeah, um, I, was, I was playing the Tony Hawk a lot too. Actually, I forgot that one. Oh, that dude, when I think when that thing came back out for Xbox, ah, uh, so exciting. Done later. Like yeah, they have both games on there too. There. I spent so much time on there creating parks. I've got all kinds of parks in there. Uh, if anybody plays Tony Hawk on Xbox, let's go search Cabal. A A B A L. I'll throw you in there. You'll find some parks, boy. Nice. Um, <laughs> what's uh, what's your all-time top three horror movies? Jeez, oh, top three, eh? Ah, that's such a rough one. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta go with The Exorcist. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Foremost. Um, just because it's, it's, it's right up there. Um, you know, Friday the 13th Part 2. Yeah, it's an odd one. Maybe you know, part one I, I I love just as much, but you know, it's part two is more of an introduction to Jason and the the hillbilly baghead Jason is my all time favorite Jason. Yeah, so I got to roll with that for sure. Um, man, I'm so top three. Eh? I don't. I can't really say it's a horror movie so much per se but the 19 uh i don't remember what year it is 1970 something version of king kong with jeff bridges and jessica lang that's a great one actually the first movie i ever saw in the theater as a kid and i'm pretty sure that's kind of what spawned my love for for monsters and all things uh-huh. odd and unique yeah, on set. <laughs> i always find too like um i just recently watched the revamp of uh, um, Nightmare on Elm Street. It was released. I think it was like 2010. Oh, the one with Jackie Earl Haley. Horrible. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Like even the makeup on him is. Yeah. Like it's like they spent no time to sit there and throw it together. I remember when I first saw it. One thing I was like, okay, the makeup for like a hot second it kind of made sense because he actually looked more like a burn victim. Yeah, and uh, and not to sound cruel because you know I feel terrible for anybody that's ever had to suffer an injury like that, but you know if somebody's severely burned like that, like real life, it's very disturbing for people to look at. Well, that's the thing mean, too is like Jennifer I and I like that concept at first, but well, like Jennifer and I were sitting there watching it Halloween. I'm like, okay, I yeah, will throw it on. It was on Netflix, whatever, and then. We I, I press play and I look at the rating. I'm like PG thirteen. <laughs> what the fuck? And that's exactly what it was. Was a PG thirteen movie, right? And it was it was almost like a cookie cutter of Scream. Got you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So don't watch that. And which one was that? It Sorry. was the uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Um, 
Oh, sorry, no, no, it was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, the Nightmare remake, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. My bad, yes. yeah. yeah, it's it's funny, actually. I think I even the storyline is complete dog shit. Like they, yeah, they they turn they, it into a, 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 a pedo as well, which is kind of strange. Well, but. that's what I mean, dude. It's like <laughs> they only sit there and talk about the original like story about with the girl and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. For maybe I don't know two minutes. And for anyone who hasn't even watched it, like if like being released in 2010, you th- you would sit there and think you would spend a lot more time on the backstory than putting it in the middle of the fucking movie. Right, right. I don't know. I just had to say that it was fucking bullshit. Yeah, I remember I went and saw that at the drive-in on a date with some girl and uh, didn't really make an impression on me at all. And then I watched it again with my son at home because like he wanted he wanted to see it at the time, right? Yeah. He was. I don't even know how old he was. Like. Pretty young still, four maybe, when he saw it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he didn't really like it either. No, that's it. Never watched it again since then, you know? Oh, why would you? But the other Freddy, of course, you know. Freddy's definitely in in my top five or top ten, I would say, if we were doing lists of that nature, but. Yeah. I would go Jason. Elm Street is, uh, you know, first few movies are pretty pretty important, iconic films. Well. Yeah, well, even Wes Craven too, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Wes like you can't, you can't yeah, talk yeah. about horror movies without Wes Craven. No, no. Right. It's true. Like even like his last movies, he was he was sitting there doing the Hills Have Eyes. Holy fuck, dude! Mm-hmm. The first one, you put that movie on in the dark. If you're not <laughs> fucking leaving the couch or fucking crying, you're there's something wrong with you. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But even the second, the second one, Hills of Eyes, it's yeah. like, there's only, there's, it's good. Like the first one's really yeah. good. Like I would put, uh, remember when that remake came out though, thinking like, you know, this is how you do a remake. This is, you know, you take a movie, like a movie, like the original Hills of Eyes, the old one where it's like, it's a, it's a decent movie. You know what I mean? But it's not like, you know, incredible, but take a movie like that and do a remake and, and make it better yeah those are, the, those are the kind of remakes we need in Hollywood we don't need them taking movies that are already classic movies say like Nightmare on Elm Street perhaps right and then giving us these subpar remakes right like well even putting the rating on it like PG-13 so it's almost like a fucking high school that's why right. it's like whatever but like the remake of hills have eyes like the first one is i would oh. put that in my top five horror movies of all time that's a crazy movie for sure it's well even the concept cool. of it too mm-hmm. like, could you imagine that fucking happen i'd fucking right. lose my exactly. mind <laughs> exactly like i was sitting there smoking a joint and i had a few beers and i looked at jen i'm like could you imagine if this fucking happened and she's like okay <laughs> slow your fucking brain down <laughs> <laughs> Stop yeah, fucking yeah. reading into it, but it's 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 a great movie too. But even Wes Craven, like, it sucks that he's passed, whatever. But um, yeah. he was one of the good ones. Um, sure. Yeah, man. So what's um, so when's the album coming out right now? We're aiming for uh, sometime before the end of twenty twenty three, hopefully. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it and. Uh, so it could go as far as New Year's Eve, even. I don't know. <laughs> well, whatever, <laughs> then, dude. By then, then hey. Okay, will, so I'll, I'll apologize now and say first quarter of twenty twenty four. Never apologize, never say sorry. <laughs> um, well, bud, it was uh, great catching up with you. 
Yeah, man. It was, it was really good. good to see you the other week. Oh, dude. What, the, I don't care what anyone time. says. Whoever went to that Five Knuckles show in Orangeville, oh, it was man. like a fucking blast from the past. Like, yeah. it, was, it was insane, dude. A it's lot of good too, faces. It was a, a blast in the past for me, but probably even in a different sense, just because I hadn't really seen a lot of people that I knew when I lived in Orangeville for that short period of time. You know, yeah. a lot of them I hadn't seen since 2003 when I moved, right? Yeah, man. I actually moved earlier even than that. It was it was 2002, but uh, yeah, so, you know, I had people there I hadn't seen in 20 years. That was amazing. Yeah. So what you're going to do for me there, Theo, is you're going to give me all of your socials for cabal and the ig oh yeah yeah um cabal.webstarts.com okay would probably just be the best one because from there it's got you know the links to Bandcamp and youtube and uh merch and everything else oh okay so you're doing merch too yeah and, uh, yeah, and then uh, on uh, IG, you can get at me at Cabal73, K-A-B-A-L-7-3. That'd be me, MC Kev T, in the place to be. What's up, brother? All right, it was great talking to you. Rock and roll, man. Appreciate you, okay. Sean. Yeah, you too, brother. Cheers. Have a good one. Take Peace care. Here. Bye.